0: This is the real Bad cast. The cast. It's, it's Anthology time. time. We look at segments from either anthology movies or episodes from anthology shows. I'm Rage Killa, and I'm with Ray Nick and Scary Jersey Guy.
1: Death of a Salesman. Probably one of my favorite uh, Tales from the Crypt episodes, and most of it is because of Tim Curry, who played multiple roles. It also had Yvonne Carlo, who should all know uh as the mom from the Munsters, and it also has ed ed Begley jr i think his name was and he plays a sleazy insurance scam artist and ed begley's been in a lot of shit i just remember off the top of my head but oh, yeah it, it, it's pretty much um tim curry getting to almost play rocky horror yeah. picture show again in a really 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 gruesome way and this to me is just one of my favorites i have i have so many favorites with, uh, with 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 uh, Tales from the Crypt. Like, I could talk Tales from the Crypt all day. But, um, Ragey, what did you think of it?
0: Um, I agree with everything you said. In uh, fact, that this could be my favorite thing that Tim Curry's ever done. And in some ways, I feel this is also a bit underrated, underappreciated. I think, I don't think there's enough Tim Curry fans out there who probably even seen this episode, that episode and that's a shame. Um, yeah, I think, uh, the premise of it is fantastic. Very dark humor and it's just this is the best of everything that Telson Crypt, you know, can offer and should offer. It's definitely one of the perfect episodes of the series. You know, you can tell a lot about a person by what their favorite
1: Tim Curry roles are.
2: If I would say this is the best of Tim Curry, but man, <laughs> does he own he owns oh, yeah. every last scene here.
1: He owns everything that he's in. I mean, he was the, <laughs> one of the only like bearable things about Congo. He's the best thing about Ferngali.
2: <laughs> he's the best thing about Command & Conquer Red Alert 3.
1: Oh, my God, yes. Um, It's it's no secret. One of my favorite movies of all time, let alone Tim Curry performances, is Clue.
0: Oh, oh yeah. That's the good stuff. Okay, now that's
1: I'm not uh, the butler. <laughs>
0: I still it's, might. It's, I still might have to go with this episode though, because goddamn, does it encompass everything that's great about Curry? Well,
1: yeah, he, he he's a phenomenal actor. He had a hell of a voice. Just everything about Tim Curry
0: was fucking awesome. Also, I mean, seriously, fuck salesman, and <laughs> this episode. You know,
2: I mean, come well, on. You know, you say that, but you're talking to someone who was a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: except, except now
2: well, here's the difference. Unlike mm-hmm. this creepy bastard, mm-hmm. this sleazy little schmuck, I practice what's called trust-based selling, i.e. you're not going to catch me in a lie because I don't.
0: <laughs> okay, fuck slimy salesmen, which is most of them, but not all.
1: Okay, so we want to go ahead and run <laughs> right, a so, uh, I I don't really even think we need to waste anybody's time. This is obviously a recommend from all three of us. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> it, it's got some squick to it. But most good tales from the crypt episodes do. Uh,
1: yeah, th- I'm just putting that
2: out as a warning.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just so excited to talk about it.
2: By all means, I've just put I just put that out there as a warning for anybody not familiar with Tales of the Crypt. If you're not understand, a lot of these episodes have some squick moments in it where you're gonna feel uncomfortable. But that <laughs> yeah. comes with the series.
1: Oh man, this is one of those episodes where it does make you laugh. It does make you go, "Oh, whoa!" And then there's, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to touch upon that ultra fucking gross moment where you're just like, oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I say, most of the good episodes of Tales of the Crypt have their squick moments. So it's, it,
1: yeah.
2: Get, go into this knowing what the series is about. But this isn't just gross out humor or gross out horror just to be gross out. Everything has its little
1: point. Point right to it. And, um, uh, Holy shit, Ed Bagley sure made a point.
0: Yeah, it, it's simple, <laughs> really. Uh, if you consider yourself a horror fan and you unfortunately haven't checked out Tales from the Crypt, I mean, you don't really have to go in order. So you can go ahead and make this your first episode because it's one of the great ones. Ed Bagley okay. Jr. plays Judd Campbell, who's a, a crooked
1: insurance scam artist. You know, he, no, sells, it's not
2: insurance. It's, he sells funeral plots.
1: I've, I thought it was. Didn't you call it like death insurance or some shit like that?
2: Yeah, that's part of it. It was tied into it.
1: He's getting it on with a waitress that he met. And he wakes up the next morning, and the first thing he does, he grabs a newspaper, he starts looking through the obituary section, and that's when she wakes up, and she's like, oh, are we ready to go? And, you know, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, but you said you loved me and that you were going to rescue me from, you know, from this shit life. And he's like, yeah, and I made you that promise last night. and The warranty's <laughs> expired. And, you know, right as he's leaving, he's like, that's what you call salesmanship, you know? And that, that's something that you got to take with you. So Judd, uh, he basically goes around the country selling cemetery plots to people. And he fucking rips them off. He's a total, total asshole.
2: Yeah, it's, he comes he's across a woman bucket.
1: named Mrs. Jones. Just looked up the death this morning of her husband, and he claims that he made a pa- a promise to put down a down payment on, you know, Mr. Jones's burial plot, and she wonders why her husband never mentioned it to her. And um, that's when Judd mentions the benefits package. Which is supposed to come? I think it was, uh, what do you call it? All the all all, all expenses paid in like ten thousand dollars
2: in cash, something. yeah.
1: You know, and she's like, "Well, I don't have that kind of money." And he's like, "Well, tell you what, give me what you have now." And she gives him all the money that she has in the world, which is like two hundred dollars. He takes it, and then he just fucking you know leaves her with absolutely nothing. And uh, basically, this is when he comes across the Curries, is what you call them. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll run with that. They they are the, uh, the, the, brackets. I know the brackets. I remember. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. brackets. But this is when he comes across a family who basically hates salesmen. You know, and oh, we don't uh, know them yet. Yeah. No, they, they they make it abruptly clear. Uh, the father does. He makes it really clear. I don't I don't like no salesmen. You know, but we we start to discover as we can go along. Rain hasn't spoken into it. Let's let him go at this one.
2: He slimes his way into their house, and he—you can tell—he's casing the place immediately. He notices, you know, off in the corner, he sees a console containing a rather large TV. It's closed. Now, this is back when you know large TVs were like thirty-two 30 to forty inches. You know, <laughs> you yeah. had red large armwads for them a lot different than what we have now with these 42 inch and larger, you know, flat screens It's back with a large TV, weighed a ton. Right. He notices that. He notices, you know, the furniture, things like that. He's, he's saying that oh, these guys have some money. Maybe I can slime these guys out of this. And so, you know, he, he pulls out the brochures and goes through his spiel, which, by the way, if you're a salesman, never do this. Just be a good salesman and actually use what's called trust-based selling. I'm not going to explain it here because this isn't a seminar look it up online. But yeah, he's explaining, oh yeah, we'll cover X, Y, and Z. Well, you know, here's the land land and all that. And Mr. Brackett basically says, "I I don't buy anything without seeing it first. To which, you know, our sleazy little salesman is basically saying, you know what? First thing in the morning, I'll come back and we'll take you out there and show you what it's like and all that. Now, this is a ruse because as you can guess, there is no shady pines. There is, it, it's, it's, he's just basically selling them a load of bull. And Miss Brackett asks, "Oh, do you take cash?" She says, "Oh yes, that will speed the process." Right then and there is when he gave his game away, and they saw right through him. He goes to go get some cash while Miss Brackett guides him to the kitchen to get some coffee. He goes, pours himself a bit, notices that coffee's cold. Coffee pot looks brand new. In fact, every appliance in that room looks brand new. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So, he goes over to the microwave while Miss Brackett's away, tries to open it up, and he sees a severed head. At this point, he freaks out and runs to the front door, only to meet Mr. Brackett, who's now wielding a baseball bat. Louisville slugger to the dome time. (laughs) Night-night. A couple hours pass, in fact, quite a few, because it's now after sundown. And he finds himself KO'd, pretty badly beaten, on the floor, handcuffed. KO. Very much. This is basically <laughs> a super KO on this one. Use oh, three, beat, three bars. From here, you have Mon Pa Bracket talking about what they're going to do to him. And Pa Bracket has a very nice Smith & Wesson 686 stainless magnum revolver pointed under his chin. He's definitely got the negotiating edge. He's begging, you know, don't don't kill me, don't kill me. And they didn't talk about their daughter. And their mom and pop bracket are having an argument of, oh, there's no way that this guy will like her, blah blah blah. So it's like, okay, knock him out, have him, have him try and see if you know him and the daughter, you know, have a you know a romantic interest. I'll I'll leave it to anyone else who wants uh, to.
1: Stairs and them Jesus sandals and.
2: Yeah. I'll let y'all guys cover that, because this, th- this is the part I'm pretty sure y'all guys want to cover.
0: Uh, uh, R- R- Ragey boy can do this one. When the very, 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 sexy and alluring Winona comes down the steps.
2: Do uh, not believe this liar. <laughs>
0: Blasphemer. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: they did everything that they possibly could. To make her the most unappealing um... But you also can't help
0: but laugh
2: too. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the whole point This is just well, yeah, it, black it, humor
1: and Disgusting at the same time you hit... Oh my god That fucking dress And then the
0: hunchback and the Jesus sandals With the crust oh, rot. God. god. Yeah, this is when this episode just gets amazing Though, I mean <laughs> What happens is so gross The so hair
2: gross. Uh, Tim the... Curry playing Winona Brackett is the most at the same time, hilarious and absolutely nauseating thing.
1: Well, actually, that's a good time to bring it up as well, too, is that Tim Curry played Winoa Brackett, and she also played Ma and Pa Brackett. So this guy did fucking three roles at once.
2: Three very different roles, very diverse and very well set. I... And
0: yeah. Very, very convincingly. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he took the role, because apparently, uh, originally... They asked Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that would have gone over like a foreign object in a punch bowl.
0: Well, uh, 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 the, yeah. Uh, I mean, like. Eddie Murphy had
1: the acting chops at that point, but I mean, by the time that. Uh, what was it? The Nutty Professors came out. They already had um, uh, that incident, you know? I was just giving her a lift. Yeah.
0: He might have been yeah. able to pull up Creepy. Tell us in the Crypt did a pretty good job with uh, comedians coming on and stuff. Yeah, they
2: did, but
0: yeah.
2: this is early but, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. This is not the, the seasoned Eddie Murphy that we got later on.
0: Right. Well, I'm glad yeah. uh, but I'm glad Tim Curry picked this role because uh,
1: You know, so so basically what it gets into is um
0: Oh
1: uh, you know, his, uh,
0: his his uh, set of selling skills to try and get out of this situation. Well, yeah,
1: but basically the thing is, is that when Noah gets a crush on him, you know, and wants to keep him, and it's like you, he, he doesn't like you and all this, and it's just, you know, oh, oh I love her, I, she's so beautiful, and both the parents are just like get the fuck out, you know. Thing, yeah, they're not thing.
2: buying it at all.
1: You know, and then you know she's like, I'll prove that he loves me, and then they, um, they consummate the the thing, and. It's it's disgusting because the faces that Tim Perry makes, you know, that he did it just to fucking make people, you know, laugh.
2: Oh, yeah. But it's it, it, <laughs> it's but the awesome. Comedy
1: of the whole thing was like, I don't feel nothing. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to prove that I love you. And you can see that he's just sitting there and he's like racing through every penthouse that he ever read in his life. Going through,
2: straight Why through the deer hustler I section love. of his mind.
0: This is like the one scene they, where you almost you almost feel just a t- maybe a tiny bit bad for Judd but yet you don't. <laughs> oh no. Having I, had to I
2: do a lot of done,
0: But um they, they might as well have just put a slide
1: whistle in when she made the face that was like, "Oh." oh you know, and, and even he couldn't believe that it happened. He's sitting there and um oh. one of my favorite lines in any movie was um Casey Jones in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I look like I just called Mike Tyson a sissy. And, and he doesn't look like he called Mike Tyson a sissy. He looks like he bitch slapped Mike Tyson and stood there and just took it. Because he double black eyes and heads all fucking smashed in. And he's just sitting there going, I can't believe it happened. You know, oh, God. Kind of Thinking thing. about
0: this scene actually turned my stomach a little. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> this is why I gave this quick warning, folks. It <laughs> It changes you. <laughs>
1: It, it definitely makes you reevaluate your life choices. You know, don't don't, don't sell shit in the sticks, I, I guess is the moral of the story. You know, uh, so he proves that he loves her. Don't be I a scumbag. Guess no way you can, that I still... can describe it. Yeah. And here comes the wedding day. And in the middle of the wedding day, there's a mention of a dowry. You know, and right there, he's just sitting there going, ah. And you know what? The son of a bitch, he just can't help himself because he just managed to squeak himself at a certain death. And just the idea of a wedding dowry with basically all the money that they took off the other salesmen that came by the house, you know, it was just too much for him. You know, so he blasts my blast pa and he and was just like, hey, we're getting rid of him, you know, just so it's us type of thing. He's got her in on it and she's walking around like fucking Igor helping him dispose of the bodies and that's when he nails her too. You know, and he's just, he's laughing thinking he got away with it. He runs down to the basement to dig up the dowry.
2: The real beautiful part of this is all of this is a ruse to outsail the salesman. They convinced him that oh the dowry's buried. He finds something after he digs.
1: Yeah, his own grave. Uh,
2: not only that, he finds in an absolutely poetic piece of just ab- this it's artistry. Yeah, he finds in the, instead of a dowry his own funeral papers. Yep. The last things <laughs> he, he hears right as that shotgun cock, It's called salesmanship.
1: It's called salesmanship. salesmanship. Blam! And uh, all you hear is just the blam. The, the, it's just they they couldn't have done it better.
0: We forgot the Cryptkeeper's like opening narration on the home shopping network. <laughs> oh
1: God. Uh,
2: uh, we can cover the intros and the outro. Right? Good
1: evening, Boyles and Ghouls, and welcome to another exciting installment of the Home Chopping Network. That was so cool.
2: Yeah, they, they did some really great work for all the seasons for the Crypt Keeper. That, that, that's the one constant that you always find. There, there might be occasional, very rare, bad episodes, but the Crypt Keeper segments are always done right. with incredible heart.
1: But they did change the Crypt Keeper up a little bit. Remember when he was all morbid and, like, he was all wheezy in the very first season? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's time for another Dark Tale. And then they move on Mm -hmm. to season two, when it's like I have newt blood of a virgin goat.
0: It's still better than the way he looked in Ritual, which...
1: (laughs) Oh, fuck that.
0: Yeah, we don't talk about that.
1: (laughs) But now I remember it, it, it was, Ugh. I have new, which is what, goat's blood, whoops, it's got to be a virgin goat, looks like you're off the hook, Nelly, oh, you, yeah. goat just said. you know, they, that, that's when they moved on to that, and the, the, the Crypt Keeper was always a nice constant, and he, you know, he always had those puns, you know, some, some, but the the best part about Tales from the Crypt, was always some piece of shit getting his comeuppance. And, you know, it's just like, oh, poor George. He really thought that he could get ahead in life. (laughs) You know, and all that. Your
2: voice is almost on point. Yeah, it's, it's just classic.
1: Yeah, but it's just the episodes. Oh, man. I mean, hell, you should just pick it up to see so many of these people that wound up turning into big, big stars, or at least people that you've seen in your favorite movie. I mean, what was a constant? You had Richard Donner um, uh, and Robert Zemeckis, and you know all the crew from Back to the Future, you know, producing or direct or not directing, but producing a lot of these movies. And then you look at the stars. I mean, you had Tim Roth; he was, you know, he played the artist in that one. And then you had, you even had Joe Pesci make an appearance. You know, so it it, it wasn't just people that were about to become stars. You it was. Tales from the Crypt was something where people that were big wanted to be on it too. You know, this is like, this was the thing to be on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't think it could be done these days because the plot lines, people would, well, I say people, the loud minority would just have an absolute fecal fit at half the plots.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Tales from the Crypt became so popular, they even had that cartoon series for children that was about the Crypt Keeper or whatever. Well, they did the same bullshit with Beetlejuice. Right. But Tales from the Crypt was a hard R HBO series, so that's kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean, we started uh, out this that, that, with, that
1: was like more than hard R. That was like... They're
2: pushing man, it. That
1: was up there when it came to content.
2: And the first scene in this is literally title card after the Crypt Geek segment and booms!
1: Poitus! <laughs> yeah, and if, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Tales from the Crypt,
0: what is wrong with you? Um, well, they like remember we could have some younger audience. Like right. uh, I could see people having a hard time getting a hold of it because it's not really, it's never been released on like Netflix and stuff. And, you know,
2: yeah, you're going to have to buy Netflix,
1: go to Walmart and buy the whole um, uh, se- the whole series, all seven yeah. series.
2: You're going to have to buy this on physical media, which I know, I know, seems quote unquote archaic to you, got you younger generations. <laughs> Trust me, it's worth it if you dig horror. Uh,
0: unfortunately, oh, yeah. HBO must be ashamed of it, because they only have it on their Go service.
2: Well, there's also well, the probably cool rights and licensing the they have too, to worry about. Not,
1: it, Tales from the Crypt was never, like, a canon thing. You know, it's like, if you want to talk to the younger generation, oh my god, I missed this last week, uh, well, you could always stream it, you know? It's like, no, it, it's, this is something that you didn't have to worry if you missed one, because these are all separate stories. And the coolest thing about Tales from the Crypt was just the fact that this, to me, launched a lot of careers. And it it really did. There was a lot of – there was always a famous person in them. And there was always a director that you're like, holy shit, he directed this? Like there Mm -hmm. was one episode that fucking Tom Hanks directed. Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's the matter with you? Are you afraid of catching your your death? (laughs) Yeah, that was – And that had the old man, that that was um Uncle um was Uncle yeah, it was. It was Uncle Lewis from uh Christmas Vacation, the old bastard with the cigar and the toupee. Yeah, Yeah,
2: it's for those who don't fully understand Tales of the Crypt, this actually this these are all short stories, well, some short, some longer, that Mm -hmm. are done in the same vein as the original comic book was.
1: Yeah, the A C comics, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's none of it's really connected, but they're all shared in theme. That it's all horror, and it's all usually very, very good horror.
0: Actually, not all of it is uh, horror. Uh, there's a World War um, One episode, I believe, and yeah, it's not. It's completely different genre, but it's a great episode. That, that was the one with uh, Dan Aykroyd
1: and um, Kirk Douglas
0: and, and oh, the Douglases. Well, I'm
1: sure Sheen was in one of them. Yeah, yeah this was the one with Kirk Douglas and. That was definitely one of, the, one of the best things I've ever seen in my life, let alone one of the best episodes. That yeah. was a phenomenal episode. I, I couldn't believe the end.
0: There's even another episode that's like about like some kind of spiritual Indian thing, and there's like cowboys. That one's not really horror either. Spiritual. Are you talking about the one when
1: the, 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 the cowboy, um, uh, what was it? He, shit, how do I put this? It was one of those things where he suddenly finds himself a ghost and then he relives it.
0: Yeah. And, he, finds a,
1: and he, he has the bounty hunters coming after him and then all, all the people from the... Yeah, he was at the card game and then he was like, I shot you two years ago. And he was like, I know you did. And then it, just, it goes on from there. Right. No, they, they, they were very, very introspective. But it's just the, 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 the level of stars that were in these fucking shows... I mean, season one had Debbie Moore in it, and it also had um, I want to, Mary Trainer, Mary you, Ellen Trainer, I think. Right. But you're was. not wrong
0: either, Ray, Nick, For the most part, most of, it is mostly well, all dark themes. Though there is the, the what me and Wolfman, I'm sure anyone else, the worst episode of the series, which feels like some kind of goosebumps. Are you afraid? Of dark episode like fell off the back of the truck, and it's like they picked it up. Is a season finale for one of the seasons of *Tales from the Crypt*. It was the worst. It was just the worst. It was like made for children. It was that ridiculous.
1: One with that asshole fucking kid.
0: Yes, who wanted to be the
1: werewolf? It
0: was. Oh yeah, I it, was, it was ridiculous, and
1: it was sad. I hated that episode so much. It, it 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 it's just the dialogue was so terrible, and it's like. The fucking kid who can't stop eating. And then he gets adopted. And then turns out that the adopted family, they're vampires. And then, oh, my God, the dialogue was so terrible. Because they chased after this kid to eat him. And for some reason, the guy went and put on his stereotypical, I swear to God, stereotypical Dracula cape. And it's like, oh, we're going to get you. And he's like, oh, you think you have a secret? I have a secret, too. And then he turns around, I am a werewolf. I was like, oh you fucking sucker. It was it was yeah, there's
2: very few bad episodes, but that one's oh it's pretty bad.
0: Yeah, my my yeah, oldest that... niece had came over when I when I was popping the DVD to finish it. And that was like the by the first episode crypto <laughs> <laughs> she ended up watching. I had to oh, look at wow. her and go, This is not what the series is like, I swear. <laughs> I know, It's like the worst way that you could
1: introduce something to something, you know? <sighs>
2: Uh, that's torpedoing it's like, the best any goodwill. I've
1: never had in my life where it's like, hey, I'm a really good cook, and then you burn your shit and serve <laughs> it to them. Uh, oh,
0: that, that's the end of that. that episode was uh, The Secret, uh, Season 2, Episode 18. Yes. Avoid it. Oh, yeah. Remember that one episode? It
1: had um, uh, uh, Sam Kinnison in it. He played a conscience of all oh, things. Oh, God. Uh, wasn't the yeah, there's episode? a man
2: I wish he was still alive. Who? Sam Kinnison? I wish he was oh, still alive.
1: Oh, God, can you imagine him today? Uh, but it also had the mother from Married with Children in it. And it's just, like, like I said, this was the thing to be on. You wanted to be on it if you wanted to be, you know, to get noticed. And people that were already noticed. I mean, c- come on, Arnold Schwarzenegger directed and, and, and wrote an episode. He, I don't think
0: he starred in one, but he no. did direct one. I think it's one of the few times he ever directed, too. You
1: know, and, and Dan Aykroyd and... Um, you know, the the, the Douglases, there was even a Douglas that you'd never heard of. There, it was just, what what a great show. And it, it's never going to be replicated ever, ever again.
2: Not unless we see a massive society change and an increase in good writers.
1: Uh, you're never going to have one without the other.
2: Right. We can hope against hope. That's the best we can do, really.
1: Either that or we can just watch this shit because it's so good that you could watch it over and over and over again.
2: Oh yeah, there's that. And it's... invariably the latter is cheaper.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Wasn't there also a season five episodes, one with uh where Brad Dorough and uh Bill Paxton play brothers? I yep. think there is. There is, and that was the ice cream truck one. Oh I'm right.
2: gonna to rewatch that.
1: That was uh <laughs> that was something that was,
0: that was a great episode,
1: too. That, that that was the guy who was that sleazy, shitty banker from, uh... <clears throat> what do you call it? Uh, blank check. Talk about dating myself with bad <laughs> Disney movies.
2: Well, to be fair, it was Disney before they went, you know, absolute jackbooted, you know, house of mouse, spelled M-A-U-S.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Oof. But, but, yeah, it's, um... What was it? Should I, it was at the tip of my tongue, and I completely forgot about it. But yeah, the, the tales from the crypt—you got to watch it. It's just got to see it. Classic. We'll it, definitely
0: talk more crypt episodes too. Oh wait, what was that?
1: One of my, another one of my favorites. Come to think of it, it was the one with uh, Lance Henriksen in it when he played that fucking gambler.
0: Yes. Oh. oh. Yeah. Something
1: something, that card, something cards. I think. Cutting cards. And then it was the one where there's like two rival gamblers and they show up at the same place and it's like, I'm so fucking sick of you. I'm going to beat you in this deck of, uh, you know, th- this game of cards and you're going to get the fuck out of my town and all this. And they wind up trying to out gamble each other and they can't do it. And then finally it was like, all right, hot shit. You want to do some real thing? How about Russian roulette? You know, and, and they wind up going in the parking lot They you're playing Russian roulette with one another. You know, and they're yelling at each other. It just back and forth, like, oh, I got a four, I got a four and six chance of making it. And then a car pulls up and it's like, you don't have the balls to do it. He's like, here, here, park it out back. And it's just like, park it yourself, asshole. Like, they actually got along for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah you know and then it goes back to it <laughs> and then he's sitting there he's like I just beat a 5 to 1 chance you're gonna blow yourself away over nothing I'm letting you out of this one he's like bullshit I'm gonna get out of this one and he fucking pulls the trigger on the 6th pole and it was like you cheap chicken shit piece of shit you put fucking blanks in this gun
0: yeah <laughs> oh man What a. they just fucking oh, hate each other
1: I know the and the rage was so good. The and ending it was, was so, so good.
0: beautifully over the top, but just great.
1: Well, that was the beauty of Tales from the Crypt is, is that it had gross things, and it had stuff that you know, it it, it skin and Max quality, I guess, and it also had a good level of comedy. There was shit that you could really, really laugh at, and shit that could really make you go, "Oh." But what got me with Tales from the Crypt, well, um what was it? I remember it. It was HBO Saturdays at 9pm, which was just about my bedtime, and the one episode, a lot of episodes I remember, but the one that really stuck out to me um, the most
0: was... What? I said, you're lucky you got to watch it on HBO. I had to watch it on basic television, all edited and stuff. Oh, fuck that.
2: see yeah. for my case, it was, okay, Dad would record it, and you know, I would stay up late, wait till they're asleep and then pop in the VHS tape, watch it. So I, I, I couldn't watch the rest of HBO at then. Cause like, ah, it's going to, I want to, but I can't be here for too long. So it's like, okay, I know he's recorded tales from the crypt cause he wants to rewatch it later. Sweet.
1: <laughs> well, at least you got that. I mean me, the one, the one episode though, that really stuck out to me was um, the one with Morton Danny jr. When he's uh you know, that sleazy, he's always fucking sleazy. Um, the, the sleazy TV show host. And he goes into the haunted house.
0: Oh, God, that episode's they, great. Yeah,
1: that, that was, was the one that always stuck out to me.
0: That was better and than most haunted I, house movies.
1: See, I remember... And, and this is what really got me stuck on it. It was because I really, really, really wanted to see it. Because I was so engrossed in the episode. I had just... I, I sat down, watched the episode. They did the reveals and all that shit. And then right when we got to the part when... Um, He turns around. He's like, "Trip, are you getting to this? And he turns around and and you see the legs swinging behind him. And he finds out that his cameraman is dead now. And he's like, wait, that's Trip. Hey, who's holding the camera? That's when I had to go to bed.
2: Oh.
1: (laughs) That's when I, and and, you know, it's funny because you always remember shit differently when you're a kid because you always have like different images in your head of how, of how things looked um it just seems so much grander to me as a kid and you know like as i'm going up the stairs throwing a shit fit because i didn't want to go to bed you know (laughs) like i could hear the pizza going off and i'm like son of a bitch you know and it's just like from that day forward i was like i want to see this episode i want to see this episode i want to see this episode but i never had the opportunity to until i was probably i want to say 16 17 i went back to new jersey and I went to the Paramus Park Mall, go into the you know the the DVD store, and I'm like, okay, I'm by myself, I've got my own fucking money, and holy shit, Tales from the Crypt is on DVD, you know, so it it was a real big deal to me, and I bought season one and I bought season two, and I was I went through, I finally sat down and watched that episode, and I was like, oh boy, this is it, this is it, this is it, and then I had only missed like two minutes of it, and I'm just like. You know, it, it was yeah. it, it was just a big 10 year build up for me. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: imagination is a son of a bitch. Sometimes. But That's what right? we're watching,
0: so it's all good. Demon like, uh, Knight was pretty good, too. The first movie they came out with. Uh, uh,
2: it was okay. It was a popcorn flick. It wasn't, you know, I'm not going to say it was classic Tales of the Crypt. It was okay. You know, I, I felt good in paying for my ticket. I enjoyed
1: it. Everybody likes to go on about Bordello of Blood, but the truth is, it's. um. I don't know. Bordello of Blood to me, it it wasn't bad, but at the same time, it's the movies. It's just they didn't work for me on the same level that the TV series did. Like, like these things were meant to be, you know, thirty 40 you know, thirty forty minutes, and then that's the end of it.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, it's just you couldn't full length it.
2: Yeah, I Bordello of Blood. It was one of those that guilty The pleasure. premise is good. The story is good. I will agree. It does overstay its welcome. But that that being said, when I bought a movie ticket for it and saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. remember, this is 90s. Yeah. The, the, the ticket prices and the popcorn prices were a lot lower.
0: It also came but, out about the same time as From Just Till Dawn. Yeah. Vampire. I don't,
2: I don't know if I would say better. Just Till
0: Dawn was like 98 though, wasn't
1: it? 97, 90, 96, it Ninety
2: six, ninety eight, yeah, because I remember being a teenager and paying for my ticket. Um, mm-hmm. It was good, I mean, but I wouldn't say it's, you know, I wouldn't say Dusk Dawn's a great film. Now, it does have a great segment with uh, Cheech Marin in it, but...
0: Pussy, <laughs> Pussy, Pussy.
1: He played three roles in that, actually. <laughs> yeah, he played. Yeah. I, I always liked the part when he came back in after, um, you know, they did the dance with... Uh, Michael du- Osama Hayek. I wanted to say Michael Douglas's wife. Are they still married?
0: Oh, no. You're thinking you of uh, b- 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 um, Catherine Zeta Jones.
1: Oh, shit. I'm sorry.
0: No offense. <laughs> but
1: um, what do you call it? Um, right after that, you know, he came in and he was all cheeched out. This piece of shit here broke my finger and my nose. And this, I'm not going to say it because we'll get fucking canceled. Kick me in the ribs while I was down! You know, it, it was... The, Dust Dawn was a good one. Oh yeah, Rage's favorite episode of Tales from the Crypt was the one with Corey Feldman, right?
0: That is a good episode. <laughs>
1: fucking Corey Feldman. Mrs. McKay! Mrs. McKay! The fucking dickhead on the treadmill. Yeah.
0: I, like, I was gonna say, I like Dennis Mill and Bordello Blood. Oh, he didn't give a shit and just improv whatever the fuck he wanted.
2: That's Dennis, Dennis Miller, Miller just in a, a nutshell.
0: but i also a, enjoy it a lot time. of a lot of people overlook uh, Chris Randon in, in that movie. He was a reverend. He was pretty awesome. he like he was probably one of the best characters in Bordello Blood actually
2: hey, you see i'm a, I'm the odd man out. I'm going to call Bordello Blood out as just a popcorn movie, and I'm a big Dennis Miller fan, right. I do like his performance in it, but I don't think his performance could save the movie from being just a popcorn movie.
0: It's, it's just a fun, cheesy vampire movie. I mean, it's certainly not the best, but it's certainly not the worst.
2: Well, I'm not expecting the best out of, you know, right. that, that genre. I'm just stating the fact that of all the tales they could tell, it, it kind of overstays it. its welcome.
0: It doesn't help that Angie Everhart can't actually have a paper bag. Yeah. She was hot. <laughs>
1: Uh, what, oh shit what about that one with the rock band when they got the tattoo and the tattoo came to life
0: oh, oh. god i haven't seen that in ages is that the one with tia carrera in it no i,
2: I don't think, think it think. was tia carrera huh. no cause it couldn't have been because at the time that was being filmed i think she was working on burn cycle for phillips
1: yeah nobody had heard of her yet until wayne's world cool. i know
0: she was on tell curve i just can't remember what episode
2: Oh, she before Wayne's World really took off. She was a star of many a cheesy FMV game.
0: Really, which one?
2: Uh, there's Burn Cycle. There's ah oh, shit. Let's see what else is up. Wait, uh, I, I
0: was right. Season four, episode three, on de- on a dead man's chest. That was her. Okay, and that was the career. Then yeah,
2: she must have really split up her schedule because at that time she was she was doing FMV games at the Wazoo.
1: <laughs> that just sounds like really filthy. I
0: own the, the Daedalus encounter.
1: I was right on a dead man's chest. <laughs> Shut up!
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we know he's into the cold comfort. Sit back and crack open a cold one.
0: Oh, God. Unless you're in the desert of a daytime.
1: <laughs> uh, you quite <laughs> a smell. What else would I be? Uh, that, 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 that was a hell of an ending right there.
2: On a scale from 1 to 10, my friend, you're fucked. In lack of other words, I'd say you're fucked. You are, as they say in Japanese,
0: fucked from the head down to the knees. I, I am sorry,
1: sorry to inform you, you
2: are fundamentally fucked. But people will forget as time goes
0: by. No, you're fucked. What if I tell them that it was some other girl? Still you're fucked. I don't think you understand by far How completely super fucked you are You are Hitler in the bunker far to fight.